Welcome to Talk the Dog, the show where we find a bone to pick and a take to give. These are not hot takes. These is dog takes. Can I talk that dog? What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome in on a fine Wednesday evening here on the Film Guy Network. Look, man, I, I think Kirby Smart, you know, he's been in the national limelight for a while now. It's been eight or nine years that this guy's been kind of a thing. And I still think, despite the fact that he's been around for almost a decade as a head football coach, I still think at times he can be misunderstood. Right, I think some people in the Georgia fan base watched yesterday's news and they might have thought that this guy could sometimes care less about what the media thinks about him or what other people think about his program. And then you have some people in the national scene, particularly outside the Georgia program, that see yesterday's news and Georgia ranked number two in the initial CFP rankings and say, you know, immediately rush to Twitter and tweet out like, evil person emojis and be like, ooh, Kirby Smart's got his energy. Hell, Greg McElroy couldn't wait immediately. As soon as he saw number two, he said Kirby, he mentioned Kirby Smart jumping up and down as if this was like, again, some type of monumental uh, source of energy for this Georgia football program. And honestly, do you know what I want to think he, you know what I think it is? You know what I think most about Kirby Smart? Oh, it's bumping because that's not on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Damn. I just turned it on so it should be fixed. Good call. I should have realized that. It's all good. The chat get us first? Yeah, chat. Yeah, someone just mentioned it. Damn. Hmm. Hmm. Contemplating whether or not we start the ran over. Do I don't think it's that good. We're not going to start it over that well. Do you want to know what I think about Kirby Smart? I think he's a robot. Okay? I think outside of his wife, his family, and his friends, he's ultimately consumed, okay, and consumed with winning, right? Consumed with the mission that is winning football games. Is that on mute now? I'm just making sure it is. Make sure it's red. If it's not red, it's not on mute. Now it's, it's on, on mute. mute now. All right. My bad. I should have put it on, then I would have taken care of all of it. That's on me. Um, you know, he's, again, consumed with the mission of winning, right? Not necessarily worried about all these other things unless they are part of the mission, unless they can help in on the mission. And in 2023, as the head coach of any college football team, all right, with young and impressionable men on your roster, you use what you need to use, right? You harness the good energy, you block out the bad. Harness good, block bad, Right? That's what I thought about today when I, when I thought about this idea of Kirby Smart using this messaging. I thought very much so about feeling the flow, right? about, about using the energy that you need to use and blocking out the energy from your program that you don't necessarily need to use. Right? So I guarantee you, I can bet you right now at some point when needed, Kirby Smart will let this football team know that at some point this season they were doubted. All right, But I don't think it's necessarily this week. I think it was last week, if anything. I think if any point in the season so far to date, Kirby Smart walked into his locker room and said, guys, they don't believe in y'all. They, they don't think y'all are going to go do it. 
It was last week when they were playing Florida and Brock Bowers wasn't in the equation. If you needed to use some, hey, they don't believe in you, it was last week for sure. And then they come out, they perform like they do. Now it's back to the, the business of we don't use the outside narrative. We don't care about the outside narrative. All we care about today is beating yesterday's version of ourselves. All that cliche stuff, it goes back into the fold today, okay, with the University of Georgia, in my opinion, based off what I've learned from this guy. Again, I don't think he I don't think he registers this stuff unless it needs to be registered, right? He got the text message from Dan Mullen, and I think his brain picked that up in the middle of the press conference when he knew he had a chance to make a joke about Dan Mullen. That's how this guy works, all right? I think that's how Saban works. I think Saban only says what he wants to say. Saban only reacts to what he wants to react to. Saban only uses the ingredients that he needs to, okay, to go out and put forth. It's not always... It's not every single time someone says something. It's when he needs it, right? He might absorb all of it. That's what computers do. Computers and robots, they intake all of the information, and then they selectively choose which portions of the information they actually want to use. I think that's exactly what Kirby Smart is. I think he is a robot. Robots don't feel emotion. Emotion would be, oh, they ranked us second. That would be emotion. A robot would look at this and say, guess what? If we play Ohio State later in the year, we might we might let these guys remember, right? We might let these guys remember that, you know, they were doubted at some point, that at some point people thought this team was better than them. However, it, you you got to go about talking to your, uh, to your team and getting them upright, right? But this is a generation of young men who are always on social media. They're always reading the stuff. So they're going to see people talking shit about them or hyping them up no matter what right? It's the head coach's job to filter all that information and use what is necessary. Welcome into tonight's show. We have a loaded one for you. We got Tuesdays with Terrence on a Wednesday here on the network. Um, how can Carson Beck submit himself in the Heisman race? We'll play a little game of minimum and maximum. We got bold predictions. We're gonna give them three today as well. We'll play a little trivia, okay? They give us these, inf these little neat, neat little info packets, okay, every week. Okay, I've Ooh. never used one. I've never read it. Never even flipped through it. Sorry, Leland. Sorry, SID department. Sorry, intern, whoever has to go through and make these. My apologies. I never read them. I read them this week. I have some good old-fashioned Georgia Bulldogs trivia that I want to play with you guys and the chat today as well. Um, and we're going to play a little game of Guess That Bulldog. You've been playing Guess That Team on MBR over there, Jay Will. I brought a little Guess That Bulldog in today. How are we doing today, fellas? Doing fantastic. Doing good. This week's flying by, I feel like. My robot take, what do we think? <clears throat> Interesting. I, I think it's pretty on par. I was trying to think of, like, moments where Kirby really showed a lot of emotion like that, and the only time I can think about is when he was trying to make the case for Georgia to make the playoff. I can't remember which year it was. Was it Again, when he needs to. Yeah, when he needs to. Yeah. That's, like, the only time where I can really think of, like, wow, that's a different side of Kirby. Hmm. I think it's kind of hard to say he's a robot when you see him on the sidelines, when you see so many that's practice true. things. So, but, but definitely in pressures when he's dealing with media and stuff like that, where it's almost like – you almost have to be political in a way. He's definitely a robot. When it comes Outside to that. the lines, he I've, I very rarely see him show emotion. Yeah. Whether it be press conferences, whether it be, uh, you know, in TV hits, whether it be in situations like this, very rarely see him uh, show any type of emotion um, with regards to information like this. However, on a football field, you're right. He turns that shit up mm -hmm. when he needs to. Um, definitely. Welcome into tonight's show. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button, like, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. We've had a great week here on the Film Guy Network. Make sure we're continuing it tonight by showing some love, not only in the chat, in the comments, in the thumbs up button, but make sure you are subscribing to the network. I think like two weeks ago, we, we gave a shout out for 15,000 subscribers. 
couldn't have been uh, very long ago. We will probably cross over 16,000 at some point, either tonight or tomorrow morning. So, hey, good on you guys. Make sure you're telling your friends about what we got going on over here, whether they be dog fans or whether they be any type of college football fan. We probably, nay, definitely have something for them here on the network. But I also want to give a quick shout out to our friends at Prize Picks. Okay, if you are someone who delves in daily prop, uh, you know, wagering, if you will, head over, head over to Prize Picks today and use promo code Brooks. You will get 100% deposit match over there. What does that mean? You put up to $100, you will get instantly matched $100 right now today over on PrizePicks.com if you use promo code Brooks. I also want to give a quick shout out to the athletic collection. Hey, they told us you guys were buying some of these dope posters we got hanging out over here in the lobby or in the uh, in the studio. Don't miss out on an opportunity to run over to the athletic collection today and give it a little support uh, via NIL fund. It's the NIL play for all of these players. There's a lot of options over there. I know we have a lot of parents that watch the show. We have a lot of family members that watch the show. So there is a likely opportunity that your beloved Bulldog has an, uh, a poster somewhere. And they are good looking posters, man. Roll right Right out of the uh, the the packaging and go slap right on the wall. They look great. Also, an option to frame those for you before they ship. Ooh. So, a great opportunity to uh, have not only some nil play, but have some dope shit hanging out in your house via the athletic collection. The link is in the bio and description of all of our videos. I think I took care of all the business. I did. That'll do that. All right, before Terrence gets here, all right, let's talk about our minimum and maximum segment. Now, this is how this works, ladies and gentlemen. We play minimums. We play maximums, all right? A prime example. The maximum amount of points, boys, that Missouri can score this weekend and still Georgia come out on top. What say you? Hmm. I'd say like 35. I was going to say 35, too. All right, so here's – this is why I put this one in here because I got a take on this. I don't think there's a shootout you should ever be scared of anymore if you're Georgia. No. You went wire to wire. You went wire to wire with Ohio State. C.J. Stroud, Marvin Harrison, Emeka Abuka, the dudes. You went wire to wire in a 45-42 shootout. Fourth quarter, always scoring points against the sport's best offense last year. All right? You have a better offense this year. I'm not going to say it's undoubtable. I think it's pretty undoubtable. I think it's unquestionable right now you are playing better and more efficiently on the offensive side of the football, more consistently guaranteed on the offensive side of the football than you ever have under Kirby Smart. And you've played some damn good football on the offensive side of the football. I don't, as an analyst, I do not worry anymore about these types of football games where I'm sitting here, and I'm going to go ahead and spoil it in my next one. I think this is a weekend this offense is tested because I do believe Missouri can score points. All right, I do believe in this offense. I believe they can do the things required to score points against Georgia, which is win one-on-ones in between the numbers, like from number to number. You can't be out here living off fade balls, and you can't be out here living off, oh, we're always going to hit the deep ball. That never really works. What does is, hey, we got three wide receivers, okay, that we hide really, really well. They all are about 5'11", 200 pounds. They're all really great after the catch, and we design opportunities for them to get open really well. I think Missouri's going to be able to move the football. But here's why I don't worry about this anymore. I think if Georgia needs to score 50 points, they can score 50 points. I think if Georgia needs to score 52 points to win a football game, they can do it now, and I feel comfortable about that. How nice is that to hear? It, it took a while. It took a long time. And here's what I want to give kudos to. And, and you weren't – maybe not I don't give kudos to you. Maybe I give it to Jeer Moorhead and the, and the athletic administration. There was some extreme patience, okay? And, and granted, he, he got to a national title in his second year. But 
it's almost like Georgia fans expected Kirby Smart to figure out offense within like the first three or four years of his coaching uh, regime, and it didn't happen until year six, year seven, you know, when Todd Munkin finally got on. And even the 2020 season, I think there were some question marks about, hey, man, this Munkin guy, is he really what we, what we think he's made out to be? And then in 2021, you get your answer. But, no, Georgia's playing a level of football offensively now that, I mean, it's unprecedented in the Kirby Smart regime. Now, that being said, they might get held to 28 points this weekend and make me look like an idiot. I don't think that's the case, like Washington did to me a couple weeks ago. Hmm. But with the way the quarterback's playing, with the way that Dejon Edwards in this running game has been put together, Kendall Milton getting healthy, okay, going to get a little spark in Roger Robinson at some point. You would imagine Lawson Lucky getting comfortable. At some point, Brock Bowers is going to come back into the fold here. This football team can score, score at will at almost at this point this year. And I think how you know this offense is legit is that there, there's been multiple times throughout the season where we've had questions about the offense and we weren't sure how they were going to handle it. At the beginning of the season, it was the running back room. We There was point in times where we were like, I don't know how the running game is going to be. I don't know how successful it is. I don't know how you can have sustained sustain success with how the running back room is shaped up due to injury. They seemingly answered that within the first few weeks of the season. Brock Bowers goes down. You look flawless out against Florida. So there's been times where they've kind of had their backs against the wall in a sense. But they answer the bell. Yeah, no, the offense has definitely turned it on here. I mean, you go back to like the Auburn game and earlier, and it's like, oh, you know, this might be mm. a major step back on offense. Now, it, like you said, it does seem like they're scoring it well. It's going to be interesting to see if they can keep that momentum rolling against Missouri. I think they'll be able to, but we'll see. Sudden turnovers on like the first or second play of the drive is the yeah. only thing that's really killed this football team. The most of like red the, zone efficiency, yeah, too. red zone efficiency early in the season. They mm -hmm. I, it feels like they've kind of cleaned that up mm -hmm. towards the end of the year. But it, I'm just thinking about it right now. If you think about a lot of their turnovers, the turnover against Vandy in their own end, um, the turnover against Auburn in their own end. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of those in their own end. You saying we have Terrence? Yeah. Um, so go ahead and start patching him in. Uh, but I do have. Let's let's continue to play minimum and maximum. We can play it again with Terrence a, as he joins us here on the network, huh? Yeah, I was about to say, I, yeah, that's me in Streamlabs, by the way. Well, it that, just notified me. Yeah, no, so. that's, that's me over there joining, so that's on me. Um, no, let's, I, I got a minimum for you. Minimum amount of points, okay, that Missouri is going to score, okay? Hold on. Minimum amount of points UGA can score to win. Excuse me. Minimum amount of points UGA can score to win, and here's what I'm thinking. Based off what I just told you, I, I think Missouri scores, like, the floor. I think Missouri scores at least 24, 25 points on Saturday. I think that's the floor. I, I believe in this offense. I really do. Um, and when I texted people inside the building about this today, because I, I watched it and, uh, not only on patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin, we broke it down a little bit, but I continued to watch it even after that. Um, they, their offensive line is far more athletic than they were last year. Um, that's a major difference. So when, when you actually have a, a, a potential to maybe possibly run the football, that helps me out in this analysis. I feel better about you against a Georgia defense, but it is the explosive passing attack. And it's the inability to take Luther Burden away that really, really concerns me for Georgia this year. Um, and and not, I don't think they lose the game. I just told you, I think they score. They're going to win shootouts, but I do think Missouri can score points. So if I told you, what, 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 is, what is the minimum? What is the minimum amount of points Georgia has to score Saturday to win? Because I think it's 25-26. The absolute minimum. Absolute bare minimum they win a one-score game or a one-point game. 21 points. 21 points? 20, 21 points is the floor. You think they can hold Missouri to under 20? I do because, I mean. Or, or you're saying they will, by the way. Yeah. When you say that, you're yeah, like, they're going to keep Missouri what, under that's 20. That's what I'm saying. I'm, yeah. I mean, other than if their defense doesn't have a good day, like you said, they are capable of winning shootout. The, bot, the absolute minimum, I think, 
is 21. And, and if Missouri's had a very efficient offense, mm. but they also haven't really played anyone. I'd say 24 points. That's what I would say. That'd be that'd be my minimum. That's about where I got. I think Terrence is back there with us now. Do you have any more minimum maximums? I know you you, you drew in a couple. In the yeah, I've got eight. I've got max receiving yards Luther Burden can have and Georgia wins. Oh, this is a great question to start Terrence off with us tonight. Um, let me know when you got him ready. Terrence, can you hear me, my man? Yeah. Hey, Terrence, maximum amount of uh, yards Georgia can allow Luther Burden to have Saturday and still come out with a win. Um, I think he still could go over 100 um, and we still could win, but just how he get those 100. If those yards are very explosive and scoring touchdowns, then, you know, we'll be in some trouble. But he can move the football and we're allowing field goals once we get into the red area, then that's a different story. So those yards can kind of be minute. So he he could go for a buck 20 um, and we hold him in the red zone or they don't score at all. So um, I, I don't think it's about the numbers. It's about the, how explosive those numbers are. Gotcha. Well, glad to have you here, Terrence. He is Terrence Edwards. He's the all-time witty receiver at the University of Georgia. Um, I, I got I to ask you real quick. Last night, first rankings came out. And if I tell you, I'm going to preface this question, Terrence, with telling you that you cannot say it doesn't matter. All right? What were your thoughts on Ohio State being ranked number one last night? Um, at the time, I agree with them. Um, I think the two wins don't matter what we think of those teams. Um, Notre Dame and Penn State were ranked pretty high when they played. And those are two good wins. So I can't be a hypocrite and say that they shouldn't be there by the quality of wins that they have. I know Georgia has three opponents consecutive weeks that is ranked in the top 25. So we will have some quality wins in three weeks as well. So I'm not too upset with what we ranked. I think it's a good thing because last time, I think we felt disrespected by the college football polls. Tennessee came in. So I think mm. hopefully the same mantra, the same attitude could go in as you're going to disrespect us. Uh, so we're going to take it out on Missouri like we did against Tennessee. Yeah, it's the third time it's happened uh, at the University of Georgia uh, being ranked the number one overall uh, football team in the AP rankings. And then when the initial CP CFP rankings come out, you not be ranked number one. Hey, but you kind of rolled me into my next question for you, Terrence. You mentioned it. Uh, Missouri this weekend, number 12. Ole Miss, number 10 next weekend. And then the following weekend, you go to Knoxville and play number 17, UT. Of those three teams, it's always been Ole Miss for me. Um, I've kind of over uh, overanalyzed that one. I've talked about it way too much. Which of those three teams scares you the most right now, Terrence? Ole Miss. I, I just yeah. think the world of Lane Kiffin as an offensive play caller. Um, I honestly believe, and I had a conversation with my best friend who played at Alabama. I think Lane is waiting for the for Nick Saban to retire, and I think he truly wants the Alabama job. Uh, that's my belief. I don't have any inside information, but sounds like we'll you talk, do. <laughs> <laughs> we, we was talking about you know uh, with Dabo, it's his it's his luster have gone a little bit, uh, even though he's an alumni of Alabama, like what the Alabama people want, Dabo, what they want Lane. And I just think with Lane's magic offensively, um, I think that's who they would want. So Lane scares me just because he's so dang good on the offensive side of the ball. Hey, it's a good point he brings up about, well, he didn't bring it up, but he, he mentions Lane here. Lane's about the only dude in college football coaching right now that I would say, oh, he don't care if he's the next guy. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of people that are going to look at that Alabama job, Terrence, and they're going to be a little scared of following up Saban. Right. Lane Kiffin ain't scared of shit. Ain't, ain't scared of nothing in his life. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're, you're right in the sense. I had someone tell me in the, you know, the quarterbacks, the, the young quarterbacks particularly, like uh, juniors down to like eighth graders, the really talented ones, they're the ones who kind of get these tea leaves really, really early because people are trying to plant their seed on these young quarterbacks real early and trying to get in with them. And it's been kind of rumored since Reese was coming over. Now, he hadn't had so much success this year. But there was thought processes that he might be the guy after the guy. They were going to kind of mold him as this young offensive mind, be the guy after the guy. It's not looking like it's going to work out right now. I always thought they were going to have kind of a lame duck situation and then go find an elite football coach, um, and, and like a top end football coach. But, no, I, I would imagine Lane bat, doesn't bat an eye at the idea of following up Nick Saban because, in my mind, I look at it as why wouldn't you, right? You have all of the recruiting stables set in, in, in uh, store for you. Um, hey, Terrence, I saw a clip of Kirby Smart. Or I didn't see it. Well, I saw it and then tweeted it out. Love how tw- Twitter allows you to do the post-video thing because it's like it looks like an original tweet, but it's definitely not mine. Uh, people have been doing it to me for years. I'm glad that I finally get to return the favor. Um, but I saw a clip of Kirby today uh, talking to Ernest Green. And to me, it was the epitome of telling a football player what they're capable of, what you're demanding them, or what you're demanding of them, while also simultaneously showing showing them that you believe that they are capable of doing such astronomical things that you're asking them to do. And and what it made me think was, is like, I don't know if we see that in 2017 Kirby, 2018 Kirby. I think 2017 and 18 Kirby was all spit, fire, and vinegar, and all gas, maybe very little breaks uh, in his coaching strategy. Have you noticed any change in just like just the philosophical nature of how he approaches situations as a football coach? Oh, you can see, uh, you can see him coaching. Like it, it's just not a yelling. It's just not that fire. It's just not the yelling. He's literally coaching every position on the field. If someone makes a mistake, he pulls them aside. He's coaching. You can see him uh, really coaching Carson Beck throughout situational football. Like, you can see him just – he's so entrenched into the game. Like it's, it's, he's, he turned, he's turned psycho, but he's turned that psycho down a little bit than he was a few years ago. And he's now really, really coaching the team and not just uh, trying to put fear in the team. No doubt. All right, we're going to play a little game. It's not a little game. We're going to have a segment here, Terrence. We want you to stick around with it. We want your opinions on this. Um, Carson Beck, with with Brock Bowers out for the next, you know, three or four weeks, however long it's going to last. By the way, if you've been on patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin, the dude is approaching rehab like the psycho that we all thought he was. So if you want some updates, head over there or wherever you get your updates. There's some good stuff over there on patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. But what I wanted to ask you, Terrence, and what I want to ask the room, is uh, what we think Carson Beck's going to have to have or have to do to not just be mentioned in the Heisman conversation, but really be cemented. And I'll start off right here. I'll make my case for what he's got to do. I already think right now he's established himself, for people who have been watching uh, Georgia football this year, I think he's already established himself as, quote-unquote, the MVP of the number one team in college football, whether you do the CFP rankings, whatever. Everyone kind of agrees that it's either Michigan or Georgia as the best football team in college football, and he's been the MVP of that. You may hear that, and you might say, oh, well, this Brock Bowers guy is really, really great. He is, but I would tell you with any quarterback, Brock Bowers was going to eat. This offense is what it is right now because of the way Carson Beck has been playing. However, 
as the starting quarterback at the University of Georgia, you're never going to have these quote-unquote Heisman moments. I don't believe, all right? At least last year, Stetson Bennett didn't, where he's in these tight football games and it requires a 380-yard performance, five touchdowns, we win the game. It's very, in a, in, a, in a shootout fashion, great play. It required that in Ohio State. It required that in Alabama the year before. Some of these playoff games, it's required Stetson Bennett to have these quote-unquote Heisman moments, but they've already been outside of the the voting if you will for this award so uh, barring any type of shootout guys I don't think Carson Beck gets the opportunity to have a Heisman moment but the good news if you want a Heisman not the the threat of a shootout type of football game is I think there are some teams on your schedule that will ultimately be able to score points already talked about Missouri's ability to do so Ole Miss could get you in one of these types of situations a potential matchup with the LSU the the sports best offense in the SEC championship game is potentially on the table as well. I think it's going to require a 400-yard, 400, 400 like, absolute Heisman moment type of performance for the national audience to be ready to give a Georgia quarterback the Heisman Trophy. Terrence, what say you? I think his, his Heisman moment is going to be a Heisman game. I think he's going to continue to go undefeated. We're going to beat uh, Missouri, and he's just going to uh, – Played it like he's playing. He's going to throw for 300. Uh, he's going to go and beat Ole Miss and, and throw for 300. He's going to go and beat Tennessee and throw for 300. I predict that uh, Alabama beats LSU this weekend, and we meet old Nick Saban in the SEC championship game. And I just, I just think he has the the country has so much respect for Alabama and Nick Saban that once Carson Beck beats them in the SEC championship game, they're going to take notice that this guy is undefeated. He's breaking all the records because he's got like, what, eight straight 250-yard games that no other SEC quarterback has done to start off their career. It's going to take the Alabama game to to give him his respect. And he don't have to go out there and, and beat 400 yards. He gets, it could be 290 to 330, but he's going to go and beat Alabama in the SEC championship game. And that's going to really put him on the map with the ball. I just feel like sometimes with the high, like Heisman's a flashy award. It always yeah. has been um, without one of these like video game type of football games. Everyone just, it's the, it's the, it's like the, I don't know, the stain that comes with Georgia football right now. And eventually it'll wash off, but it like, it took forever with Alabama as well. Um, what, do, what do you think about this, this discussion? I think you're right about the fact that he's not going to be in a game that forces him to kind of have a, Heisman moment where it's per se he has to throw that 400 yard game five touchdowns I think you can have Heisman moments in the highlights you put out where if you know like like in Joe Burrow's 2019 Heisman moment where it was against Georgia they were already beating the hell out of Georgia but he made an incredible play and that was kind yeah. of like oh yeah he's winning the Heisman I think you can win it that way I don't know if necessarily it's like he's got this major just four, cumulative yeah. stats just yeah. be so gaudy with the stats not, as a, as not even as much stats as is like highlight but like Caleb yeah. Williams last year didn't light the world on fire statistically but he made a bunch of plays that made you go oh my god this guy's the best quarterback in the nation I don't know Burrow had like three 450 yard games man and you know, if you remember correctly, last year when Stetson Bennett was named as a finalist, I think a lot of the country was shot because his name was not really floating uh -oh. around the Heisman conversation for the entire season. It and almost felt like Georgia's the best team. We have to give somebody from Georgia. It was, but then you go and look at the stats and like, well, he's he's put up great numbers. Yeah. You know, his really only true Heisman moment last year up until the playoffs was against Oregon, Week One. And so then when you go from Week One all the way to Week Twelve at that point. 
nobody really recalls that, and that's no longer really in the conversation. So I think Bet can do that in a sense of where he just keeps on piling up these numbers and he keeps on playing really, really well. And then you get to the end of the season, it's like, oh, he has 4,100 passing yards and 25 touchdowns. He should be in the conversation. Man's been eating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's it. All right, Terrence, last, kind of one of the last things I got for you. If I told you right now, all right, and it's just a bold statement. It's not my statement, even though I – no, it's my statement. Carson Beck is playing quarterback better than anybody that's played it under Kirby Smart. What would you say to that? I would say he's playing the best football as the first eight games as the starter. That's, that's what I'm saying. I don't think anyone has started a career off better than Carson Beck. No. I, that I can remember. I could go back and – as far as Eric Zaire, but I don't think there's any quarterback from the first eight games that played better than Beck. And I'm telling you, we're talking about the Heisman highlights. And the first throw that should be on his Heisman highlights is the throw to Marcus on the yeah, against Kentucky. That is a throw. That is a throw. I think when you take all into accounts, it's that throw um, and the, the throw to Ladd this weekend, the stopper ball was just elite. The ball against uh, Vanderbilt to uh, Dominic Lovett right before the half, that mm -hmm. back shoulder uh, seam ball against a blitz was absolutely elite. Hey, Terrence, who y'all got this week? We have Lambert for the recent championship. It's going to be on uh, Peachtree TV, I believe. Shouts out Rusty Mansell and them boys. Is that BA on that one as well? Brandon Adams on the call. It's two. think so. All right, Terrence, appreciate you for being here, my man. He is Terrence Edwards. He is the all-time leading wide receiver at the University of Georgia. You can find him on Twitter at TE underscore WR Academy. That's right. That's Terrence Edwards Wide Receiver Academy, uh, one of the finest to do it, um, not only at the University of Georgia, but certainly in the training uh, department as well. See some great players uh, work out under Terrence Edwards. Uh, Kyle Pitts being one of them. Uh, saw Jermaine Burton over there a bunch. Uh, saw Holden Stays, the starting tight end at Notre Dame right now. Uh, Lad McCarthy, hey, Brooks, I'm, I'm going to give, give you the most underrated one that's coming. He's having a great year. That's CL. That's Cameron Lloyd. That boy Lord. Cam Lloyd. I already know all about CL. Uh, been Man. seeing CL since, what, like seventh grade? He's been working out with you, right? Seventh, seventh, eighth grade, and he is having a phenomenal season right now. Just got a big offer from Austin Peay. Hell yeah. D1 offer for our boy CL. That's Hey, you know what? Cameron Lloyd, give him three. Love that, dude. That's awesome for that kid, man. Like That, that dude's, like I said, been working out with you for a fat minute. So I appreciate the shout-out there, Terrence. We're going to let you go, though, buddy. I appreciate you. All right. Be good. Glad we hung on there for that last second for that CL mention because he is 100% right. We don't talk a ton of high school football on the network here um, since it's in season. I know mm -hmm. the out season we do recruit of the day, all kinds of good stuff with the high school circuit. CL with Jeremy Klinsky over there at Walton, they're having a tremendous year. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that Cameron's got a, 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 a Division one offer because this is a dude. I mean, he's like 5'7", but he's unguardable. Absolutely unguardable. And and what will happen, I would imagine, what I would hope to happen, is that now that Austin P has gotten in the mix, there's going to be some other schools as well getting into the mix. And that'll be a quick one for him. You know, once you start getting the mid-major offers, let's go. Get it, get right in. Let's go ahead and take it because you never know what's going to happen. Um, let's, let's take a quick moment. This is a random thought. This is just right now since we brought up recruiting. If you're a young football player listening to this podcast or listening to this on YouTube or watching this, if you have a committable offer, all right, that you like, you have a school that you're in love with, come December or November 31st, go ahead and commit. 
Go ahead and commit to that program if you are a senior in high school because here's what's going to happen. December 6th, the NCAA transfer portal is going to open up. There's going to be thousands of football players enter their names, and one of them football players might be better than you. And they might present an opportunity to a faster track to success to your football program that you think you're committed to or you might be committed to or you want to commit to. Just go ahead and get in the door, please, for my sanctity, my sanctity, your, uh, your sanctity, everybody's uh, sanity, rather, was the word I'm looking for. Just go ahead and get it in. Um, I want to ask you guys to go ahead and hit your thumbs up button, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. If you're watching us on YouTube, we are available on Spotify. If you're listening to us on our Apple iTunes, however you are, wherever you find your podcast, make sure you're checking us out. If you're listening to us, make sure you're running over to YouTube and watching us as well. We're about to hit that 16,000 subscriber mark, so I want to give a challenge here all right if you are our 16,000 subscriber if that's you um i'm gonna give you a free t-shirt all right it's gonna say shut up grind the tape and you're a newbie uh we did have some suggestions as to the f-word counter someone said 10 push-ups um I, I like huh too, too easy. easy that's what i was thinking i was thinking something more uh you know what do you call it when you give to charity charitable i was thinking something more far more charitable than that not that that's not a good suggestion um just that hey i think if, if we're gonna hold ourselves accountable and and we get punished for it we might as well, you know, put some bread on the line. Mm. So uh, maybe we think of a, 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 a bull, Bulldogs battling breast cancer is very hot and topical this month. Maybe we do it a month-to-month basis. We don't show love to one, uh, you know, charitable organization. Maybe we spread it out over a couple. That's a good one. Do like at the end of every month, tally it up. Every tally you have is $10 towards that charity. Yeah, and now I don't feel bad when I say it because, fuck it, I'm just giving money to charity. What a guy. What a guy. <laughs> what, a what, a what a giver. What a giver. Um, nah, anyways, uh, let's move on. Uh, we had Terrence in there for, uh, you know, what were we talking about? Case for Carson. Do we want to wrap that up? Do we, any, Anything else on that discussion? We didn't finish minimum maximum, so we got to get back no, to that. I think we get back to minimum maximum. I think every right. said everything needs to be said about Carson I think so, right too. I, I worry. I worry about whether or not, um, ooh, no. Somebody said my punishment should be shave my head. Absolutely not. Understand something. Once you pass the age of like 28, you need to be careful with shaving your head. All right, it might not come back. I'm, I'm dead ass with you. Um, yeah. You can't be tempted fate like that, homie. Uh, especially not me, bro. I ain't out here looking like Caillou. Um, let's get back to minimum maximums. What you got? Uh, let's see what I. Oh, maximum number of explosives Georgia can allow. Are they stopping teams in the red zone? Not this year. Well, now I, that's that, that that's that so skewed. Give that one. They're 127th in the country in red zone scoring efficiency on the defensive side of the football, mm-hmm. but they've allowed the fourth fewest red zone possessions. 15. 15. 15 total red zone possessions, and they've obviously given up a, a handful of scores on it's those. They're 13 of, teams are 13 of 15 scoring against them. Yeah, so here's what I'm thinking is happening based on this stat. All the explosives are ending it like they're inside the ten. Yeah, they're inside the five. They're yeah. like already there. Or it's like a play against Vanderbilt where they return up interception yeah. all the way to the one yard Ball line. Ball starts at the five. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, the red zone efficiency hasn't been great, which makes me wonder if this football game is going to come down to whether or not Georgia steps it up in the red zone. Because I already told you, I think Missouri is going to move the football on Saturday. Now we're going to get to bold predictions here in a little bit. I have one of these that makes me think. I, the reason my score prediction is going to be two, three, two or three scores in favor of Georgia is because I think Georgia is going to turn them over on Saturday mm-hmm. just because they're, they're going to have to put the ball at risk to move the ball. And they're going to. They, this is an offense that will throw the ball and put it at risk. Mm-hmm. You want another? Yes. Yeah. Let's hear it. All right. Max red zone trip that Georgia can have that only equal field goals? Like four. 
You think four? Three, three, three. three. So I was three. gonna say two. That's three red zone trips and only nine points out of it. Correct. I was gonna say two. I was. I think three is a fair number. I I think Georgia's defense does a lot better job against Missouri's offense than you think. You think so? I mean, Missouri's offense, as efficient as good as they are, they have played no one. Hmm. Like their schedule is weak. They're we were me and Jay were talking about this earlier. They haven't played a top seventy passing defense. Every single passing defense they've played is either 75th or worse. Majority of them are 100th or worse. Yeah, like, they, they have not played anyone. Like, if you go back and look at the schedule, and like, all right, who's a quality opponent they've played? It's LSU. <laughs> and, I mean. It ain't LSU. LSU's defense is Swiss cheese. Yeah, we'll talk about that in NBR. They're really, really bad. Yeah. Defensively <laughs> is LSU. Um <laughs> Bald-headed Brooks equals the last film bender. That should have been oh, – I like that. <laughs> it's a top five quote we've had in the <laughs> chat in a while. That's pretty good right there. I might have to Photoshop the that. Busta, the Busta in Augusta. That's pretty solid right there, my man. Um, uh, we're talking about minimum red zone possessions. Yeah, I, I think – so they score – let's say they get like 12 total possessions in this football game, punt on three, kick field goals on three. And score possessions, or let's say they, you know, score four touchdowns, kick three field goals. That's what's that? That's thirty-five that's a, points. That's like thirty-six yeah. points. Thirty-seven points. Thirty-six 30, points. 30, thirty-seven yeah. points. 37. Thirty-seven points. That's plenty. That's plenty. I think that that's okay. They stall out a couple times. It's just a matter of getting enough possessions. Yeah. Um, will you check? Just look up Missouri on on Sports Reference and see how many plays per game they're running. I want to know if this is a. I, I think they're selective pace like everybody else nowadays. Yeah. They're not rapid um, like most football teams, like some spread offenses. Some of these offenses have figured out how to play with the manipulative pace while also still being a check with me offense. Um, you're adding their runs and their passes right now, I would imagine is what you're doing. Yeah, I've checked this before on stat reference. Um, what do you got? 66 and a half. Yeah, so they're playing slow. So this is a football team that's actually playing relatively slow. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe they try to limit your possessions on Saturday. Maybe they play even slower. If I told you Missouri was trying to have 58 snaps in this football game, score 31 points, and keep Georgia under 30, that would be the game plan for yeah. them. Um, but it's hard to do that as a, as a football team that is going to have to be explosive through the air. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to be able to sit on the ball and, and run it against this Georgia defense. No. So they're adding, they're, they're averaging t about, uh, almost over 29 minutes of time possession per game. So, like, it's not the slowest in the country, but, I mean, it's around there. And they've played some teams that are either outmanned and outmatched trying to do that to them, or they've played Kansas State. Yeah. So, or LSU, who's scoring quickly as hell. Yep. So, yeah, that uh, stat's a little staggered. Do we have any more minimum maximums? No, nah, that's all I got. All right, let's get into – where do we want to go next? Do we want to play trivia? Want, I want to play trivia. You want to play like trivia? This. I'm excited about this. I want to play trivia, too. All right, four Georgia Bulldogs. Listen up, chat. Four Georgia Bulldogs have blocked a kick or a punt in their career. Can you name them? Dan Jackson. One. Joe Aguero. Two. Um, shoot. I, I, know, I know one of them. What's up? Eric Stokes. I'm no, no, no. Active. Active, oh, oh, active. Then, my bad. Active. Oh man. Okay, then one of them is uh is against Kentucky. It was the D lineman. Maybe not a D lineman, but I could see how you would think he might be. Like an edge rusher? <sighs> yeah. Mm. That just Chaz? gave it away, by the way. Um, no. Too mm. slow to block kicks. Was it Michael? No. Twitchy athlete. Really Marvin? twitchy. Nope. It's Jalen Walker. Y'all missed that oh, one. I was, I was and this last one, this last one was a field goal. Okay. This what last one was, was a field it? goal. Huh? What year was it? Against LSU? 
It was in 2022, and it was again. Uh, yeah, it was against LSU. It was oh, the Chris Smith um, play. Why am I blanking on this right now? I can literally he always gets missed. I can literally see the, the play. chat got it. Was it look at the chat, you oh, cheater! Was it Warren? I'm, I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say. Huh? Was it Warren? Brinson? It's not Warren Brinson. You're close though. And right, I'm looking. Ah. Uh, yeah. Damn it. Damn it. That's why I was like, I could literally see it happening in my head. I oh, just I'm gonna piss of you name. off. It's not a stackhouse. Yeah. 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 Those are the four. All right, That's this one, one. Like this one question. we're not even going to – I'm not even going to give you like a, a – maybe I'll do multiple choice. Let's see. No, 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 just ask the question it's a It's a direct number. How many freshmen have played this year? Just gotten on the field. Yep. A.J. Harris has played. And here, here's, the, here's the, the kicker. 17 of these – 17 of these freshmen debuted in the season opener. Oh, God. I'm going to go with – So there's all <laughs> – Oh, my gosh. I'm going to just ballpark and say 23. Okay, what I do you got? It's more than that. I think it's 27. It is 21. Mm, 21 wow. freshmen have played this year. Um, and I know the next question normally would be, well, who hasn't played? Because they signed 28 guys last year, I believe it was. Yeah. And I, off the top of my head, I can tell you right now, Bo Hewley hasn't played. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Merriweather hasn't played. Jamal right. Merriweather hasn't played. Uh, the other offensive tackle that they took, they didn't take three tackles last year, four tackles last year. Monroe yeah. Freeling has played. The other three have not. Um A.J. Harris has played. I don't believe Chris Peel has played. Or did no, he have a pick I, six? I, Who was the freshman that had the pick Kyron six? Jones. Kyron, Kyron Jones. Jones. Chris Peel has not played. Nah, I has believe he been he's been injured. Yeah, he's been injured. Um, yeah, so those are only four off the top of my head that I can remember. But there's seven, apparently, that haven't played. Hmm. So, what was the um, other Drew offense? Bobo hasn't played. Hmm. You a true freshman? Wasn't there another, the other yeah, offensive no. lineman that was out in San Antonio when we were there? That was a Georgia commit. I'm blanking on That's his name. Been, right. Oh, you're talking about uh, – There's another one that was there. Oh, yeah. Dang it. That's the other one. <laughs> I can't think of his name right now. Plays guard. Yeah. Look up the commits. Okay. I, this is going to bother me. Go ahead and ask the next question while they're doing um, it. That's it. That's all I have. I have those two. I, we, we can play. Let's play. Uh, find that bulldog. Or who's that bulldog? I want to play that basically trivia. All right. I'm going to give you some bullet points on this dog. You guess that dog. All right. This dog is from the state of Florida. This dog is an underclassman. This dog was rated a four-star. This dog plays on the line of scrimmage, and this one's really going to kick it. This bulldog wears a double digit, meaning it's the same digit twice. Joshua Miller. No. No. I've... Oh, that was the one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, Joshua Miller. You have to repeat that, by Joshua the way. Joshua Miller. So, from Florida. From Florida. He is an underclassman, was a four-star, plays on the line of scrimmage, whether it be offense or defense, mm. okay, and he wears a double digit, meaning the, the digit is repeated on his jersey. Ooh. From Florida, underclassman, on the line of scrimmage. Oh, oh. No, Samuel Pemberley was 26. Close, though. Ah. He is a freshman. Damn it. Mm. The double number. Jordan Hall? Yeah, Jordan Hall. Big there baby. it is, number 44. Big baby. I was th- uh, Borderline some, five star. For some he reason, was close at the end. For some reason, him in the state of Florida was not clicking for me. Yeah. All right, here's, here's a good one. And this was just an excuse to throw a shout-out to the Discord. And also try to trick you. He's Jackson Muschamp. <laughs> Way to go. I was going to do it too, but I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to let him do it. <laughs> He's from the Carolinas. He's an upperclassman. He's from South Carolina. He's got a family member on staff. <laughs> he is Jackson Muschamp. I was trying to tie in TID 
with him. Mm. But there is nothing those two humans share in common nah. other than the fact that they are from South Carolina. <laughs> I mean, you really limit it down when you say par- family yeah, member on No, staff. that was going to be the last kicker in case you guys didn't get it by then. Um, so, yeah, that, that's always fun. Um, all right, let's get back to an actual real segment. Let's give them three. Um, three things that scare you about Missouri this week. You, well, you boys can start. Oh, honestly? Honestly. Don't, don't fugazi me. I want your <laughs> no, honest opinion. I was about to th- – well, for the three things that um, scare you about Mizzou, they were already filled in on the show notes. And so, I just thought that these were the three things we were talking about. So, next time this happens, just tell me nothing. And that'll be the bit, and you'll I, have a good joke. I got three. You got three? So, obviously. Uh, you know why I did that? Like, full disclosure, behind the curtain. I did that so you didn't take one of my three. Mm. Those are my three okay. in the show notes. Okay. Did you understand that? Yeah, I knew those yeah. were three. I'm all just right. a dumb-dumb. No, okay. no, it's all good. I, I, I didn't f- tell you. It's fine. Yeah. So, the first one I have is Luther Burden. The only way that you've seen the last two seasons Georgia lose or even come losing is yeah. when a team has an elite wide receiver. I think Luther Burden can give you problems. I don't think he will, but he's one of those guys where it's like, oh, you know, it's, I, I would feel better if they were playing a run-heavy Missouri team that just tries to mm-hmm. run it down your throat. Uh, the second one I have is this is kind of the first real test for Georgia when it comes to opponent-wise. Yeah, they've been in situations where they've been tested before. You had to come back against Auburn, face a little adversity against Vanderbilt, things like that, but this is going to be their, their biggest game thus far. So, I mean, that kind of worries you. Then the third one is, I think Missouri has a solid enough defense. I don't think it's good enough. I don't think it's great. But I think it's solid enough to give Georgia some problems. And then if that's kind of where you worry about, you know, getting into a shootout. But like you said, it's not that big of an issue. So I think it's such something to worry about where you can kind of stall the offense out. And then it becomes, uh-oh, Missouri scoring points. Yeah, the running backs had a good couple last weeks for Missouri. Hey, Christian Kirby, give them three. Um, all right, I got three for you. Um, experienced quarterback plays always a, a, a good thing to have when you're an underdog on the road, 17-point underdog. Line keeps coming down, down to 16-and-a-half, I think, when we released that article. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the consensus um, line right now. Yeah, consensus line coming down to 16-and-a-half. So, but anyways, I think you have to have experienced quarterback play. This is a guy in Brady Cook who's actually seen Georgia three times. If you guys remember back in 2021 when they came to Athens, um, they were split rolling the quarterback play, had much more of like a dual-threat guy mm-hmm. um, in number 16, and then rotating in Brady Cook midway through that football game as well. So he's seen a lot of really good defense, and he's seen a lot of live bullets, and he's also playing extremely hot right now as a quarterback. So that kind of would worry me if I were Georgia. Um, and, and number two, they you hit on it, but you hit on just one. It's not just one. They have a bunch of explosive mm-hmm. weapons. They got three or four guys that can really get it done, and they also have an offensive coordinator and an offensive staff who, like I showed you in film study this morning, do a great job of just finding ways to get those guys the ball. Easy, easy touches, whether it be uh, unique motions to get them into, you know, uh, type of run after run after the run, like well, we're going to make it a catch, but it's literally like a jet sweep type stuff, reverses, all this different stuff to get wide receivers just general easy touches. But they also do things with motion where they're going to try to get an option route with Mookie Cooper out in the space, and they're going to make a safety run out and try to guard him. Uh, during motion and then all of a sudden all the snap they got all this grass to work and the only read is that one guy and if he wins the rep guess what he probably is nine times out of ten right they do a great job with that kind of stuff and that's again why I think they're going to have some opportunity to move the football successfully and the number three thing and it's probably my most important on the list this is a confident football team that they can do this all right whether or not it's warranted whether or not it's truthful This football team going into this game on Saturday because of last year thinks they can do the unthinkable. 
They 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 have confident. They are confident that they can go out and beat a Georgia team. All right, if they just finish, I would imagine that's what their coach is telling them all week. Look, you guys had this football team on the ropes. We're a better version of who we were last year, and we had this football team on the ropes. All we got to do is finish. That will provide you at least enough juice and enough life to not think you're beaten getting off the bus. And I think that's that's the point we've gotten to with Georgia sometimes, where some of these interconference opponents, man, they come into Sanford Stadium and they lay an egg to start the football game because they're just they're, they don't think they can go do it. And then it takes one explosive play for them to go, oh, oh, well, no, I can do. It. This is a football team in Missouri that's going to come out ready to play. All right, I thought of two things that I can say for but this it's, segment. It's give me three. Okay, well maybe I'll think of a third by the time I get to the end of Atta this. Oh boy! First one, Missouri's playing with house money. That should scare you in general because they have nothing to lose. There's, they're, they've only have one loss on the season. If they go in and beat Georgia, they they can pull all the stops that they want because they could pull off the all-time upset, knock off Georgia, give them their first off loss of the season, and <clears throat> excuse me. And so that should scare you in general. The second one, the thicker kicker. That should terrify Georgia fans. They got the thicker kicker. The dude has a boot on him, nailed a 60-plus yarder earlier in the season against Kansas State, so that should scare you. And you know what? For my third one, I'll give one on the flip side, something that should scare Missouri, Andrew Smart. I, look, you just got to keep your eye out on him this week. A straight weekend. villain. You got to keep your eye out on Andrew Smart. Just, and, for, just for general purposes, just keep an eye on Andrew Smart. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. Just, he's he's going to steal football. Yeah. You think so? He's going to come away. He's going to – leave with Missouri football. It's going to happen really, really early. He's going to take it right into the locker room. It, you know, he's got home field advantage here. You know, he ain't got to worry about the ops getting him. Yeah, no security guards. Uh, I think that's something him. we haven't really talked about is how does this Missouri <laughs> team respond to this Georgia crowd? Oh, that's a good point. Like, telling, dude, that's why I pointed out how they're one of the – Sanford's not that loud. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. We have lots Boo of them around man. here. Boo this man. <laughs> Um, that's why that's I pointed that out, out that they're one of the most penalized teams in the country for that very reason. Of That is something that Missouri Do they have a lot of false about. starts or is there a lot of actual penalties? So I was trying to figure that out, um, trying it's to go through the game limit. logs. It really is really hard, especially when you're doing it through the game logs because it's kind of hard. You know, ESPN sometimes putting in some wacky stuff. But, like, some of it – a lot of it is stupid penalties, like a lot of dead ball penalties. And that's why I also point out that that's something that you should be more concerned about more than false starts because false starts is like, okay, back it up five yards. You get dead ball fouls, like personal fouls, like Luther Burden has had a couple this year and a few other players on the roster I noticed had a few as well. Like, those are 15-yarders, plays where, like, you may have converted a third and long, but then you commit a dead ball foul and now you're back – you're just backing up, kicking yourself in the foot. It might be the – you kind of take on the – you don't kind of, you do. You take on the role of your head coach. You take on the persona of your head coach. Their head coach is very laid back. Their head coach is very fun. They're very, their head coach is very stress-free. Um, he, he plays, at, you know, kind of – he shoots off the hip all the time. Kind of appears the way their football big team hey does. Big hey dudes and khakis guy. Yeah. Big what? Big hey dudes and khakis guy. Hey dudes and, and khakis. cargo shorts. What are hey dudes? You don't know what hey dudes are? What are hey dudes? You're lying. I swear no on my mom. Hey what are hey dudes? They're those shoes they're that like don't have any laces, and they're just like slip-on shoes, like very casual, like boat-type sh- boat dock you've shoes. You've definitely seen them. Yeah, you've definitely you've, seen you've, them. You've, you've definitely dude, seen them. What are they called? Hey dudes. Like hey? Yeah, dudes. H-E-R-I-N. Hey dudes. Ugh. It's got middle-aged white people in a chokehold right now. Ugh. Uh, I hate to embarrass anybody that's out here. Oh, they got personalized Georgia ones. Oh, yeah. 
Hey dudes are big right now. Yeah, um, yeah, very Sperry esque, but without the yeah, laces. Yeah, big frat lounge. They 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 kind of combine house shoes with. People Sperry's. swear by them though. They yeah. like it's kind of like a more modern Croc type thing. Like people love more them sophisticated. It's like a Croc, Croc that you can wear with khakis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm casual, but I'm here to party. <laughs> That's Caucasian heaven, ain't no doubt about it. Yeah. Um. Anyways, let's get into bold predictions. Y'all want to do it? Let's yeah, do let's it. do it. Let's do it. Three bold predictions or a bold prediction. You don't have to give me three. I do have three though. This is why they give me three too. Huh? This is why they give them three too. Oh, that's all right. Well, I have three of them as well. How many do you have? I have three, but I only really want to say two. All right. Well, I got one right here. Um, we'll trade them off. Ding, 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 ding. We'll all go right. around the room. Um, Malachi Starks and Javon Bullard each have an interception on Ooh, Saturday. I like okay. That. Um, and here's why. They they have to throw the football to Luther Burden at some point Saturday, right? We all know this, all right? And they're going to do it with him in the slot. I would imagine they try to attack 22 first because if anybody can't, quote-unquote, or they think can't run with uh, Luther Burden, it's probably going to be 22. It's not going to be 24. However, at some point, they're going to cover Luther, and there's going to be a panic, tap, 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 throw the ball back to the other side for Brady Cook. And Malachi Starks is going to cover some ground on Saturday and make an interception. I think both of those dudes roaming the middle of the field against a football team that prioritizes getting weapons in the middle of the field, I think both of those dudes have an interception on Saturday. I'm going to one-up you, and I'm going to say that Georgia's defense scores, a, scores this weekend. That Ooh. was my bold prediction. I, think. I only have one. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it be off an interception or whatever kind of chaos that Georgia's defense is able to cause this week, maybe it even is the crowd having a factor and they snap it early and you get a little scoop and score after that. But I think Georgia's defense puts points on the board this weekend. Can I just stop? Something's happening. Something's happening to this network. Have you seen that? Are you looking at the numbers right now? Yeah. So, hey, thank you. Thank you. All, all The last four or five years, I've been working my ass off. I've been working my ass off to have a show like this because I know 400 people should be showing up watching this. So thank you. Thank you. What do you got? So the first one I have was Luther Burns going to get held to less than 50 receiving yards. Ooh. That's, that's, my, that's I, hot. I that's think not Kamari, even bold. That's hot. I think Kamari Laster is going to lock him up. One, and like you said, I think they're going to force it a lot. And three, they have not played. I, I can't reiterate this enough. They have not played a good passing defense whatsoever. Kentucky held them to 15 yards. Kentucky's got what? The 120th? Yeah, it's really like, it's 108, a terrible I think. passing defense. They have not seen a defense like Georgia's. So, yeah, I think Luther Burden gets held under I'm 50 gonna, yards. I'm going to push you back on one point there. You said Kamari's the one that's going to lock him up. It's gonna. It's, this game is Tyke's game. Yes. Tyke Smith has to show up and cover like he's covered the last several weeks. It's a Tyke Smith number 23 football game. Okay? Um, at some point. I thought they were going to have to maybe do something there against teams like this. He has shown otherwise. He has shown the ability to go out there and flat-out cover. So, shouts out to that. I got another one. Um, Carson Beck, 375. I like it. Carson Beck, 375. I already told you, I think Missouri scores 27 points in this football game. If Missouri, if Missouri scores 27 points in this football game, I think Georgia is north of 42, maybe close to that 45 points in this football game. And that's going to mean 375, over 500 yards of total offense for Georgia for sure. Wow. Kind of piggybacking off of that, I think Lyman McConkie has a better week than he did last week. I think he's going to have – fitty? Yeah, I think he's going to get into that range. I just – with the amount of explosives that Missouri's defense is um, susceptible to allowing and Lyman McConkie's ability to create those explosives in the offense and how well Carson Beck has been playing, I think this is going to be another huge weekend for Lyman McConkie. I'll go ahead and combine that. I have a Georgia receiver goes over 100 yards. I don't know if it necessarily has to be Lyman McConkie, if it has to be Ra-Ra, Dominic Lovett. 
Hell, it might even be a running back the way they do it. But I think there is a Georgia receiver who gets 100 receiving yards here. I got another one for you. Bring it. Little birdie. Little birdie hopped in the air. Okay. Little birdie hopped in the air this week and said, uh, you seen what Jalen Walker and Damon Wilson did last week? Mm-hmm. Okay. Got after it. Got after it a little bit. A little, little appetizer. Little appetizer mm. for what's going on this weekend. So says little birdie. So, bold prediction, Jamin, or Jamin, Jalen Walker and Damon Wilson. Jamin, Jamin Wilson Walker would be elite as a pass mm-hmm. rusher. If you gave me 6'5", Damon Wilson with Jalen Walker's twitch and muscle hamsterness, muscle we'd be hamsterness. elite. <laughs> we'd be elite. Um, but, nah, I, th- I think these two dudes have a, a tremendous game on third down in particular. Saw it on Twitter. Some people were saying things like, hey, why isn't Jalen Walker starting? Um, why doesn't he play over Chaz Chambliss? He seems to impact. Guys, the third down specialist. All right, and it's okay. Guess what? You can make $15 million a year in the NFL being a third down specialist. Hassan Reddick is that. All right, he goes in on third down or is utilized and prioritized on third down to get after the quarterback because it's an invaluable skill. I think Damon Wilson, Jalen Walker, on third and long only. Okay, so third and eight, third and nine on Saturday. I want you to look out for 35, and I want you to look out for 11. I'm telling you right now, they're going to have a big day on those situations. Do we have any more? I got one more. Uh, this is just kind of me saying it. Not not real analysis other than the fact that I looked at the rushing numbers and not great for Missouri. I think Georgia keeps them under 100 rushing yards on Saturday. Hmm. I like that. Do we, do we have a background on Missouri in terms of what they've done this year in rushing? Yeah, I can get it for you real quick. I was looking at it earlier. What other keys to the game? Tomorrow, I'm going to be giving you an actual, like, recipe for success, like a, a detailed game plan uh, offensively and defensively, how I would attack, hat. how I would do that. What? You need a chef hat if you're going to do that. A chef hat? Yeah. Just out here cooking? Chef Brooks. Chef Brooks. Chef Brooks with a recipe. Chef Boy RB? So, they're 75th in the nation for rushing yards. They're, they're averaging 149 rushing yards per game, 4.2 yards per carry. Okay, you don't have the game logs up. I was going to wonder who put them in a box, though. Somebody on that list probably put them in a box. Kentucky put them in a box in the passing game, at least. Or at least they put Luther Bird. I would there. imagine it was Kansas State. That was a pretty high-scoring game, though, wasn't it? I think it was, but, I, again, through the air. I, I worry about this team throwing the football. I don't worry about anybody running You're the ball. You're exactly right. Kansas State held them to 74. Yeah, and that's the lowest total of the year? Yep. Yep. And then Memphis probably put them in a box, too. No, they allowed no. 201. Went the other way. Yeah. Okay, play prevent is what it sounds like. <laughs> the next best was Middle Tennessee. Hmm. So there you go. Oh, we got some bold predictions in the chat. I love to see this. Love it over 100 yards. TID one sack. Dejon Edwards over 100 yards. That comes from our boy, our, our boy Paul Duringer. Our boy Careful Paul now. right there. Careful reading those names. Yeah, you're right. Um, I think Delp has four-plus catches for 70-plus yards. That's some explosive receptions right there. Yeah. That's like a, a little seven-yard getter and then like three 25-yard getters right there. No, I think he means he's going to have four receptions of 70 yards or more. <laughs> <laughs> he's, going, he's going for 290. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, let's see here. I saw some other ones in there. Um, Brady Cook wears bedazzled skinny jeans. Oh, we need to talk about this. Did y'all see uh, Drinkwitz say that he wished – Brady Cook could date his daughters, but his Dude, daughters aren't of clip. age. That was weird. That's man. an old clip, but yeah, he, he it was got, an old clip. He got clowned for it when it happened. Oh, it damn. was real. Ooh, it was bad. Bad. I got bad. tricked by the internet today. You did. I thought that was brand new. No, I'm pretty sure that happened. It like, doesn't make it any worse or any better. In fact, it might make it worse because the girls were a year younger when he said this. I'm um. <clears throat> aren't his, aren't his, 
Well, um, I think it's. Girls are in high school. I think it was. Ha- I think he said it when like the whole controversy was happening of like people didn't want Cook to start, and so mm. then he was like kind of going up to. So that was early in the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's other ways to say he's an upstanding human. Yeah, bro, like, than say you wish yeah, your daughters were dating. For sure. You know, you could say like uh, he was unanimous our captain, even though we hadn't decided that he was our starting quarterback. You could say, you know, he shows up on whatever. You don't have to say that you wish he was dating your daughter. It's yeah, weird. that's uh, – I want to make a joke about that, but I just I don't think I can. We're running out of time anyways. Hey, we have a whole nother hour. If you showed up for this one, definitely show up for NBR, our national hour. We got a lot to talk about. We love you. Make sure you're hitting that thumbs-up button on the way out. We'll see you in five.